operations can be a beast. So today we're going to talk about how you can streamline your operations. Let's cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. What's up? What's up? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast. I'm excited that you'll join me today because we're going to be talking about streamlining your operations. There are so many things that you can do that it gets kind of overwhelming. So I figured we'd talk about seven ways you can increase your efficiency when it comes to operations. And I thought this would be a really great topic for you guys because you're all choreographers. You're all thinking about how can I choreograph all that together and and do the right thing? That's what we do all the time. We're always thinking about how we can choreograph things better, to work better, to be more efficient, to take into account your greatest assets and to leave out your greatest downfalls, or get somebody else in the mix to do them. So today we're going to talk about that seven ways you can increase your efficiency. So let's jump right in. We've got a lot to cover. We've got a lot of things to do here. And I want to make sure that you guys go and at least take one of these things, like think about them as you go, take one of these things and go and do it, right? Take action, get on board, get doing it right away. So let's jump into number one. First thing we've got here is define clear goals and objectives. I know this is overlooked, but come on, go back to one of the best books ever, Think and Grow Rich. You have to have read it. If you haven't read it, go get it. And one of the things is setting up and defining clear goals and objectives. This is huge. You see, if you have a target, let's take a bow and arrow. If I have the target and I pull that bow and arrow and I shoot that arrow and I don't actually hit the target. And then I go, well, wait a second. I I wasn't aiming at anything. So, okay, cool. That doesn't work. You know that you have to have a target. You have to be able to, to aim, shoot, and know that you're going to be aiming at a target. Now you might miss. So then you know what to do to adjust. I need to go up a little. I need to go right a little. You have to be able to have a target to hit in order to be able to aim at it. So there are so many things that can go wrong when you don't have clear goals and objectives set out. This is a huge, huge thing. And so many companies fail at this. Now, this is on a personal level, but it's also on a company level. When your people don't know what the target is that they're trying to hit, This can cause some serious issues inside of your business, whether you're lean and mean, right? And you run with a small organization or you're huge and you have 150, 2000 employees. It doesn't make a difference if your goals and objectives aren't clear and set aside so that every one of your team members can see it. They have to be clear, right? So it's not just making sure that that goal is there. You might have your company mission statement. Well, that's great. But if everybody in the company doesn't get it or they don't uh, subscribe to it or buy on board to your your mission, 
then you've got to make sure that their goal and objective is as clear as yours. And when that's the case, the operations of things start to get a little bit easier because they'll start to think outside the box. They'll start to say, well, if our goal is this, you you assigned us this SOP here, and that doesn't quite make sense. So maybe we should do this because that'll help reach the goal better. This is huge. Elon Musk was talking about it a while back with one of his companies, and he creates an atmosphere and a setup it within that company. I don't remember which one it is at the moment, but he creates a, a clear atmosphere where they can look at what it is that's going on. They can be subscribed to the concept and to the direction they're going, and they can say, hey, I know you said this is how you wanted us to do it, but I thought of this better way. Man, when you can open that up to your people, this is a huge, huge benefit. Let's jump into number two. This is great. Automate repetitive tasks. Man, this is such a huge, huge thing. If you don't automate your tasks that are being done over and over again, it kind of, it's very similar, hang with me for a second, to the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, right? That is crazy. So you have to actually think about the things that are repetitive, the things that are going to happen over and over again. I have once had a mentor that said, if you've done the same thing three times, it better be in an SOP and it better be automated and get it out and doing its thing on its own or hand it off to another team member because you as the owner, as the business owner, as the leader, have to look at the things that you're doing and realize that the time that you're spending doing something is valuable, valuable time. So you have to make sure that if you have a repetitive task, you get it automated. And that could also mean that you're passing it off to a team, uh, another person, an executive assistant, something like that for them to run that automated task. And furthermore, if you can get it automated through tech, that's always good too. So don't don't uh, miss that part of it. But automating those repetitive tasks is huge. Sometimes you can do it with Excel. Sometimes you can just create a spreadsheet so that you don't have to think about what the order is and you can do it real quick. So even if you're doing it, automate that task so that it's going uh, emails, automate your emails. I mean, there's so many ways to automate things using really cool tech these days, but even just using your mind and making sure that you don't have to recreate the process each time. This is huge. All right, let's move on to the next one. Implement a lean methodology. This is really, really cool. Uh, once had a mentor just uh, about a year or two ago that <clears throat> really talked heavily about being lean and mean. And I loved it so much. It really made an impact on me. That doesn't mean that if you have 100 employees, go get rid of half of them. No, I'm not talking about that. But if you are in a position where you can run leaner, that means that you can get the best people in the best positions to do their job. You can pay them more because you have the best, you're lean. You wanna make sure that you're putting in the people to do the thing that they can do the best and make sure that you're not bloated. This is huge because in your companies, so many times we accidentally hire bloat. I've been there, I get it. Sometimes it's like, oh, we need that graphic designer. Oh, that graphic designer is working on this. Oh, we need another graphic designer and they're doing this. And then next thing you know, you have a team of 10 graphic designers and they're all kind of sitting around going, well, I got my job done within the first couple of hours and now they're not doing anything else the rest of the day, but you're paying them for the rest of the day. 
this is a big deal. You've got to really understand it. And that means you have to have the right people in the right positions to make sure you can run lean. And there are lots of ways to run lean, not just within your staffing, but you can run lean within your tech. This is a really, really big deal. And we'll talk about it a little later. You could use something like our software, Corio Suite, where you can actually get leaner by consolidating your tech into a, a really concise tech stack, which Corio Suite does. And that could actually help you save a ton of money, but it could also help you save a ton of efficient efficiency because if you're more uh, consolidated, all of that now starts to run better and there's less drag going on. So it's not just staff, it's also tech. There's lots of ways to run lean, but I want you to think about that and really analyze what you could do to start running lean. Now, that doesn't mean you can't grow and that doesn't mean you shouldn't hire when it's time to hire for that next position or that next team. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do that, but think about it in a lean methodology in terms of only bringing on what you absolutely need, innovating, creating SOPs, creating that automation like we talked about before, and making sure you're not adding bloat to the system. Okay, let's continue to the next one. And that is number four, utilize technology. And I started alluding to this in the last one, but you might have a ton of different tech that you're using and it's easy to do. Again, I've been there. I totally understand. Oh, you know what? I need a calendar thing. Oh, you know what? I need an email automation thing. You know what? I need a funnel builder. Oh, gosh, I need a website builder. Oh, wait, I need this SMTP. Oh, I need this DNS host. Oh, I need all of these different things, right? And next thing you know, you've got this tech stack that is wild and unruly. You have 100 different logins. You have people that have to be experts in all these different systems, Holy cow, if you're not utilizing technology to its massive advantage right now, then what are you doing, right? But to utilize that efficiently, the best thing to do is to consolidate that into a single tech stack. And like I mentioned earlier, if you're interested, we have a, a tech stack that's amazing. It's all consolidated, all into one. It's called Corio Suite. Just look us up check us out, ask us about it, send us a message if you're interested. But that helps to consolidate everything together. So everything talks together, talks the same language, gets all put together in one piece. The workflows are all in one place. Man, when you can do that with your tech stack, this is huge. Utilizing technology to save you time, to be more efficient, this can be great. It can also just, like I said, be unruly. So you really got to go and analyze it. Look at what you're doing. Do you have stuff all over the place? And did you know that you could consolidate and get it all into one? Well, anyway, let us know if you're interested. We'll help you out. All right, let's move to the next one. Improve communication and collaboration. Gosh, this is sort of an, an overstatement. Uh, of course, we want to improve our communication and collaboration. However, how do you do that? What do you do? Well, you have to kind of take an audit of how things are going. Walk around the office if you have a actual location or uh, just hang out. Be a fly on the wall inside your Zoom meetings with your teams and listen to how they're communicating. I once went home uh, to my family and, and listened around the dinner table once and realized the difference in communication that my family at their at the, 
at their table, at the dinner table, the difference in that communication compared to the difference at our boardroom meetings. And it was really, really quite eye-opening. You have to look at the communication style that's going around. Now, granted that one was a meeting, one was a dinner, but understanding what's happening and understanding the communication, the way that the people at the table are collaborating with each other, you can actually gain a ton of insight. You can listen to how they interact. You can listen to the nature of how they're speaking to each other, and you can make a few shifts really specified and according to what your group is doing and how they're interacting. This is so, so important because every group dynamic is slightly different. So you get a group of executives in the room and, well, they've been through the ringer. The last thing they ever usually want to do is they don't want to be in a meeting. So they are looking for ways to get out of that meeting and get that meeting done as fast as possible. So they're going to want really concise, really direct collaboration uh, and not wasting any time because they've already been in meeting uh, purgatory for a long time and they want to get out of that, right? Whereas newer, uh, newer employees, managers that haven't, maybe they're just starting their journey of, of meetings, they're a little bit like, well, let's talk about this, let's shoot the breeze, let's do that. And so those meetings are the least efficient because you're still trying to get them to understand how to uh, make those meetings as efficient, efficient as possible. You have to go into each group that you have, each meeting, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one or whether it's one with 20 or whether it's a meeting with the entire staff. And you have to understand the best type of communication and collaboration for that group. And so I know it kind of sounds vague the way I'm talking about it, but the truth is, is that really in order to get specific, you have to understand your group. And that starts by going in and listening to them, understanding the way they're communicating evaluating as a leader yourself, if that is the best way, if that's the most efficient way for them to be communicating. If it's not, you can set up a better structure for those meetings and hold that structure very, very uh, strongly so that they don't wander off. We are natural wanderers, right? We'll get off on a random tangents here or there, and that can really deter your efficiency when it comes to communication and collaboration. You could even bring in some people that can actually teach how to communicate better. I spent years working on linguistics and understanding the way people communicate and the words that they use. And it is so, so valuable to be able to go in and help people learn to communicate a little bit better, especially if you have a customer support team and a front-facing team. Gosh, that's huge because if you're not helping them communicate to their customers with the best linguistics, the best wording possible, you might have a lot of frustrated customers. So we really have to work on that. You can improve it. You can gain a lot of efficiency by just going in and really listening to evaluate where your people are at, where your team is at, what this, what the company communication is to the clients, where that is at, and really do an audit on how you can take some steps to improve that. Okay, let's move right along. Uh, number six, regularly review and optimize processes. Oh my gosh, there's nothing worse than having an SOP book that's like this thick and nobody looks at it. Nobody uses it. It's so outdated. It's been there. You're like, well, yes, we wrote the SOPs down when we did this six years ago and started the company. Well, everything's different now. And your people have learned and created new processes and figured out new efficiencies if you've got great people. 
Now, the trick is, is that periodically you want to actually rewrite those down. You want to actually go in and review that process with somebody. You want to encourage them to come up with a better way or some little thing that they can innovate on. Man, this can move the needle huge, right? A little 1% increase, this can really move the needle. So if you're looking at, at uh, an employee or a team member or manager executive that's been doing a thing for a couple years, you might want to actually take time to create a rotation where you go and you meet with all of the people or your team leads meet with the people or your managers meet with the people where they periodically go back through and say, hey, let's pull out that process that you're doing or hey, let's write it down for the first time. And let's talk about how you think you can pick up an extra minute. What? A minute? That's not worth it to work. Yeah, actually it is. A minute over the course of the day, over the course of the year, over the course of three or four years. A minute here, five minutes there, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. I mean, this is super, super important to improve efficiency. But you have to start it by regularly reviewing your processes. So creating a system or a culture in which this is done on a regular basis, I know the work is important, the thing, the executing of the thing is important, but sometimes we forget to look at the actual process of how that's going. Man, I can't walk into a restaurant without actually looking at their process and just dying because I can see instantly five, 10, 16 things that can actually be improved in their process. And they're simple little things. Sometimes they're not huge. I think sometimes we look for these massive things and say, well, if it's not this huge improvement, I'm not going to do it. No, actually, it's not like that. Some of the best fast food restaurants are absolutely excellent at it. They look at it and they go, well, you know what? If we just take their order just a couple minutes sooner, I've watched restaurants or fast food places that are horrible at it. They don't realize that, hey, if I just got their order, they'll stick around and wait for their order, even if it takes longer, right? But if I wait and make them wait for a really long time, I'm going to lose a whole portion of them. McDonald's did a whole study on that for years, and that's why you'll oftentimes see a little countdown timer inside the window. If you look inside the drive-thru, not that you should, you know, eat a ton of McDonald's, but, you know, if you go and look at that timer, it's a countdown timer because they know that at a certain point, it's a diminishing return. The people will stop waiting in the line if the line isn't moving fast enough. So you've got to get their orders. You've got to get them down as fast as you can. Right? And this is all about reviewing and optimizing process over and over and over and over again. This is not something that you do once. This is something that you do on a continual basis. Okay. And let's finish this puppy up with the seventh one on our list today. Gosh, we could talk about this all day long. I love this subject. Let's talk about encourage a culture of continuous improvement. Now, we again, this kind of led us to here because honestly, you want to create a scenario and situation with your people where from whatever level, from the C-suite down, right? From all the way to your VAs or to people you hire out for little projects. You want to encourage a culture of continuous improvement. And that means that when they take something on, they think to themselves, gosh, you know, I know this is the way that you told me I had to do it, but this could be better. This could be faster. You want to encourage them to try it. And even if they might mess it up a little bit, 
you've got to give them a little bit of leeway to actually come up with a better process, a faster speed, that continuous improvement, always looking at the way that they're doing it. Hey, you know what? When we send this email out like this, it, it's not as efficient as we'd like it to be. But what if we did this instead and they come up with a new idea? This could be the same for tech. This could be the same for accounting. Gosh, thank goodness our accountants out there are looking for ways to make it more efficient, right? That's how TurboTax was created, right? Somebody out there was like, oh, taxes suck. Man, how do we get these? It takes so long to do them. Man, wouldn't it be neat if we just created a little form and you typed it in and it automatically gave you all the information you needed in the right order? And then that form turned into a little bit more fancy and then a little fancier. Next thing you know, you've got a really cool wizard, right, called TurboTax that you can do it. Now, there's a bunch of them, right? But I'm just using that as an example. And there are lots of ways you can do that. How can you be more efficient? How can you make your onboarding for your customers efficient? How can you make the transaction or the sale more efficient? I mean, look at uh, at Walmart. They've Im implemented all of these auto scan features for checking out. So people can go and if you're getting one item, you go, you scan it, you put your credit card in and or your cash even and you're out in and out really quick you don't have to wait in a super long line behind a basket full of groceries so there's lots of cool things that you can do and that culture of continuous improvement has to be fostered by you you have to actually invite it which means you also have to take into account that it's not always going to work sometimes you're going to say you know somebody's going to come to you with this great idea to be more efficient and it might not pan out. It might not be the best thing, but you have to foster it. You have to encourage it. You have to actually allow that to be something that can be brought to the table all the time. And if you do, then you're going to get some really crazy cool innovations, right? And that also comes from one of the cool secrets inside of uh, Think and Grow Rich. So if you haven't read it, you need to read it because they talk about the power of a mastermind. And you know that two to three people in a room are way more powerful than one, right? Because you can actually start throwing ideas off and collaborating and working off of each other's energy. This is so powerful. So guys, You've got to encourage a culture of continuous improvement. Now, we've been talking a ton about <clears throat> all these ways you can get efficiency. So I'm going to just kind of just go through them all one more time just to close it up, right? Number one, define clear goals and objectives. Number two, automate repetitive tasks. Number three, implement a lean marketing methodology. Number four, utilize technology. Five, improve communication and collaboration and regularly review and optimize processes. And then lastly, seven, encourage a culture of continuous improvement. Guys, these are some really great ways for you to go in and start looking at it. Hopefully some of these things jog something in your mind about your team, about your process and your business. And you're going, oh, you know what? I haven't done that in ages. Go do it. Go take that one thing. You don't have to take all seven, right? If you can take all seven, that's great. If you need help with all seven, reach out. We can do this. This is stuff we do all the time. This is our specialty. <clears throat> this is the stuff that we love to talk about. So guys, Hope this has been helpful. Go and implement it. And again, feel free to reach out. You guys know how to reach us. If you need any help, if you want any uh, time to collaborate or just understand how, how we can actually speed up your process, uh, just reach out at info at bizcoreo.com and we'll get back to you. Anyway, hope you guys 
found a ton of value in this, please leave a comment, a review, wherever you're listening to this or watching it. Uh, let us know that you love what we're up to. And uh, of course, we will talk to you soon. Take care. The choreography your business is running can determine whether you can grow and scale to the next level. It's so easy just to take business day by day, but that can leave you putting out fires and keep you from growing. Find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Schedule a growth strategy analysis call with us today. Go to bizchoreo.com to book your time.